0: You the adventurer, yes you, do you desire knowledge of immense worlds and arcane power, a codex of untold stories and lore, or perhaps simply easy listening for your daily commute? Then feast your eyes,
1: or more accurately, ears, upon Dungeonpedia. Shit's about to get nerdy in here.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dungeonpedia, an exploration into the lore of Dungeons & Dragons. We're your hosts, Lou and Markel. Taylor Stanfield. And I'm Travis Peasley. I don't know what that weird... On the end of the word... I don't know what that weird thing I did in there was. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I was just talking, and then I, I did a weird little lilt. I promise I'm not trying to do anything new, guys.
1: It's okay. Uh, this has not been a week for trying very many new things. Nope. Uh, Well, actually... I'd say that. I, I mean, it's not new, but I've, you know, I've, I, basically this whole week I have just been alternating between research and art about Dungeons and Dragons. So it's pretty much been a and d filled <laughs> week for myself. I tried
0: a new kind of puff pastry from the grocery store bakery. So
2: I tried something new this week.
1: Huh. Well, congratulations.
2: <laughs> I have tried nothing new. I have just been exhausted all week from work.
1: Yeah. And occasionally playing video games.
2: Yeah,
0: occasionally it, it do be it do be that way. <laughs> but I, I have also been been working.
1: I'm I'm sorry, you guys. It's okay. I mean, if it makes you feel better, um, I have been working really hard on research. I put in overtime.
0: You really did.
1: You, um, so, what,
0: what do you what do you mean by that?
1: <laughs> so I did my research for the episode, mm-hmm. and then I kept researching because I kept finding more and more cool stuff, and like. The stuff I was researching, I really don't think it could be an episode. But honestly, I think it could be some bonus content.
0: Oh. Hmm.
1: I, I don't know for sure exactly what I'm going to do with it. But it's, I'm putting it out there. I, I'm going to do something with it. Basically, it's just, it, it. the format is not good for a full episode, but I'm going to do something. That's dangerous to put that out there. It, because people can hold me accountable. <laughs>
0: yeah, like the, the two of us heard that. And all of our listeners heard that, so that's dangerous. That's bold what you just did. It is. That's why. But, I, see,
1: that's why I just don't promise things. Well, see, <laughs> the good thing is, I already. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, are, I already did most of the research. <laughs> yeah, fucking fair. Well, what are we talking about? Um. Well, because I mean, I I kind of uh told you guys this last time, although that was about a month ago. Last time I did the research, um. We're going to continue on with (laughs) Mm -mm. (laughs) fiends-ish. So, uh, for my own sanity, by the way, I'm I'm going to be using the term infernals from now on to mean anyone of, well, infernal heritage. Like, yes, it's fiends, but it's not fiends. Fiends, lowercase f, and fiends, uppercase f. I'm going to use infernals for that. I didn't know you had any sanity left, so... I don't know I mean, why that's a factor. That's fair.
0: Anyway. <laughs>
1: anyway. So we're we're continuing on down that road.
0: Okay, so so where are we going on that road?
1: Well, when we last left off, we had started down the highway to hell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. God. Yep. Title of this episode.
1: Maybe. Um mm,
0: maybe not. <laughs> we'll we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> You'll find out. You'll know.
1: We covered the majority of devils, uh, the lawful occupants, lawful evil occupants of the nine hells of Bator, the Betazoo. Yes. So exactly where we left off was along the hierarchy of devils. We finished with the Gelugon, the ruthless, cold, literally icy commanders of hell's legions. I had mentioned that they, the Gelugons, were deeply jealous and desired the powers of their superiors, the pit fiends.
0: Yes, okay. That's where we continue. Okay. I I remembered Pit Fiends. Uh,
1: th- this, ha- this has been your devil refresher course. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Previously on Dungeonpedia. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Pit Fiends were introduced in the very first Monster Manual in 1977, alongside a smaller collection of the Bates Um On their first introduction, they were simply powerful devils who were Asmodeus' personal servants, but that definition quickly evolved. Cool. Aside from obvious higher-ups, pit fiends are, in essence, the overlords of all devils. They are 12 feet tall, 800 pounds of muscle. Their bodies have a natural armor and massive scales. They have this typical gargoylish appearance. Oh, nice. Jesus. Yeah. These things are
0: huge. (laughs) Yeah, I did not imagine them being that big. Massive
1: bat wings, giant fangs, horns, prehensile tails, and a typical red skin. Which literally inflamed when angry or excited. Wow. So very classic. Devil. Classic devil. Yeah.
2: Mixed with gargoyle.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in that in many ways, a pit fiend is exactly what you think of when you picture a devil. Yeah. They share a lot of traits with a majority of the arch devils, both physical and mental. They're, without exception, incredibly intelligent, enigmatic tyrannical masterminds who have an unwavering inflated sense of superiority <laughs> nice some of that was taken directly from a monster manual by the way
0: <laughs>
1: uh, um so oh. as of fifth edition they're officially established as the nobles of the devil hierarchy forming the elite aristocracy of greater devils cool okay.
0: okay okay so so they're like the the top tier of the devils, but then you also have arch devils, so it's...
1: Kinda, yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. I mean, pretty
0: much. Gotcha, gotcha.
1: I mean, because they're all devils, but the arch devils are just special devils. Well, and it's not... And the the,
0: the pit fiends are, are... Are they just pit fiends? Yes, they can- just... It's not like a line of promotion. Correct. They're not part of the beta zoo.
1: Oh well, no, they—they they are. They are. They're the final step in that line.
0: Okay, so you—it is—it is a promotion. Okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. All right.
1: Um. So, and I could have probably put this in the last episode because that was mostly about the beta zoo, but I feel like they are a better transition into the Archdevils.
0: Okay. So you're telling me if I work really hard. And believe in myself, I could be a pit fiend one day. Yes. Cool. Gotcha. Uh,
1: in fact, really, the way that the Nine Hells works is that if you work hard and are really fucking lucky, you could out, out, legally, it, in the eyes of of the devils, oust Modius one day. Because they have this line Sys- of progression. The
0: system, yeah. Yeah.
1: And... It's not technically illegal to overthrow Asmodeus. He doesn't like it, but it's not technically illegal.
0: Well, it's kind of like the the in a way. Yeah, you can definitely challenge your superior. So, like, even though they they kind of they value that structure, it's not it's it's not a thing to, or it's not not a thing to challenge your superior or whatever. Exactly. That's that's okay. That's interesting.
1: But the Fiend's importance in Hell showed even in where and how they traveled. They were rarely they were rarely in the upper levels of hell as well as the colder ones so this may have just been a personal preference.
0: <laughs> they didn't like the cold. Oh, so up, upper levels are less
1: bad. They're well, more accurately, they're less important.
0: They're they're closer to the, the ruler. prime.
1: Yeah. No, no. Um so the the higher the level, the closer the prime. Yeah. Oh, so I thought you were saying the pit fiends are closer to the prime. Oh
0: no, no, no. I meant the the higher the level, the closer to the prime. Yeah. Kind of like quote unquote real hell. Yeah. Well, so uh, it's like at the at the top. Not not in Dungeons and Dragons, but like higher would be like purgatory, right? In real hell, quote unquote real hell.
1: Right. Um. So gotcha. in the way that um the nine hells works essentially is there is one entrance in and it's Avernus. And all the other layers lead down to the deepest layer, mm-hmm. which is what uh, the name? treachery. Uh, <laughs> no, um, I didn't put it here because it's uh, at the end of my notes. Right. Uh, give me a sec. Um, is Nessus, uh, which is the layer that Asmodius rules. Okay, and, and the only way you can get through t- to it is through each individual layer. And there's only
0: one entrance between each layer, correct? Or are there multiple? Oh.
1: Actually, I don't know. I couldn't find that in my research. I know for a fact that there's only one entrance Into. between between Avernus and the n- layer underneath it. Disc.
0: Yeah, because that's where that's where Tiamat hangs out. Yes. she guards that entrance.
1: See, I knew that. So
0: maybe maybe that is the case. Yeah, but there's not a shortcut to the very bottom of the nine house. Yeah. is kind of the idea. Gotcha. Pretty much.
1: So. They like they pretty much just stuck to the lower levels, avoiding the colder ones. Fair. Just because they can, and they're important, so they get to kind of dictate that. Yeah, they can just kind of live wherever they want. Yeah. Uh, they were in the greatest number in the lowest level of hell, Nessus. Mm-hmm. Wherever they went, even outside of hell, hordes of lower devils followed to attend and listen to their orders.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. It's like, okay... I I know what they said that they do, but I feel like I just imagine them as, like, groupies. (laughs) Like, they see this big, tall, strapping, like, pit fiend, you know, come through their little podunk hell town, and they're just like,
1: oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, in addition to all the terrifying muscle and fire and everything, they're also venomous. Oh, God. And in addition to all that, to scare the shit out of you, they also have a fear aura. Wow! I mean, mean the
2: fear aura makes sense.
1: Yeah. Well, specifically venom- a magical one.
2: Well, yeah. yeah. The venomous part, I didn't really so, expect.
1: Yeah.
2: How do they deliver this venom?
1: Through their fangs. Oh, oh, they have, oh, they have fangs yeah.
0: too. Oh, yeah. do they like long walks on the beach? <laughs>
1: <laughs> or
0: like, what kind of movies do they like? Like, Lewin's Lu- Lu- ready. I'm ready. Take me to hell. Drag me to hell.
1: <laughs> well, take your adventure party and go find a pit fiend. Luckily, pit fiends are often too self-absorbed in their own tasks to bother with the average adventurer. Just don't piss them off. Because if they have a personal vendetta, Oh, then you're dead. so they like won't even go. They don't even care. Well, I mean, like if you're in hell, they'll probably just send someone else after you. Because <laughs> it's like, you shouldn't be here. But I'm not going to bother doing it myself. Yeah, like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So the Pit Fiends are kind of all one class, except for the Dark Eight, which are just basically eight special Pit Fiends at the top.
0: Why aren't there nine? There should be nine.
2: Well... Because
1: it's like... Oh, it's so close. Ugh. <laughs> because ah,
2: should... Asmodeus is the ninth one?
1: What? No because <laughs> they, they're below so
0: i don't know that would that would have been that would have been it yeah okay i'm, I'm sorry no you i good. just
1: i didn't think about that until just now <laughs> but above them in the hierarchy are of course the archdevils even those are in their own hierarchy it's hierarchies all the way down uh, yeah i yeah so archdevils who are not the lord of a particular layer hold the title of duke or duchess or otherwise generals or bureaucrats if the job is so inclined to a different title. Mm-hmm. Above them are, of course, the lords of each layer called the lords of the nine. Yeah. So, that, there's your 9 mm-hmm. And they're in turn ruled over by the indisputable but often plotted against King of the Nine Hells, Asmodeus. Yes, the main man.
2: Often plotted against but never overthrown, it seems.
1: The big guy. Pretty much, yeah. He's, uh, he's got a lot going for him D&D campaign you your party starts
0: out as like minor devils in the highest layer of hell and you work together to overthrow Asmodeus. oh god and that so, would
2: actually be pretty cool that would
0: be kind that of that would fun. be a really cool one yeah. and so then at the but you know then maybe at the end it's the kind of dynamic of like do you want to like kill or sell out your friends or something like that so that way you can have it all Oh man. Or it's like, do you maybe want to, you know, share something and, you know, <laughs> maybe change up the way hell is run or
1: something? You guys are going to have a bit more inspiration on that. As oh, progress. no. Oh, no. And by no, I mean yes. So, as is the nature of promotion and demotion in the Nine Hells, being a lord of a lair does not grant you promise that you will always be that rank. Nice. Earning Asmodeus a scorn or behaving unlawfully might earn you a demotion or worse, a punishment. Oh, no. All archdevils are incredibly powerful on a plane of incredible power. And on some level are either deities in their own right, such as Asmodeus or damn near.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, They can even do wish fulfillment uh, along the lines of a wish spell. Usually this is sequestered only for deities, but any archdevil can do it. That's... A lot. Yeah.
2: I would assume that you would have to appease them a whole lot for that to be a thing.
1: Usually that just means offering over your soul. Oh, that's easy enough. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Who needs a soul? True. So each archdevil has a pretty unique story, and many have multiple unique origins. I genuinely wish that I could devote a whole episode to each of these characters, even just to read exactly what's in the various sources this is what I was talking about at the beginning of the episode. Oh, that
0: sweet, sweet bonus content.
1: It's just so good. Unfortunately, I can't do that now. So I'm just going to go over what I can layer by layer.
0: Okay. So do the... No, you're probably going to answer this question as we go on. I'll hold it. <laughs> I'll hold on to it.
1: Okay. Hold on to your questions until you Okay. These...
0: <laughs> hold your questions, please.
1: <gasps> on the first level of Hell, Avernus, we have Zariel, the Lord of Avernus, and her general Bell, who actually used to be Lord of it himself...
0: Oh yeah, and he's a real devil.
1: I mean, they're all real devils. Oh really? Yeah. Well, okay. Okay. <laughs> that that was okay. Well,
0: Bell is one that I had heard of. In, oh in real... oh, as
1: in real life. And,
0: oh, <laughs> um, Taylor, I hate to break it to you, D and D is not real life. Some
1: of them are. Um... I mean,
0: I'm I'm sure that maybe all of them might have something somewhere but bell or, or you know ball is a very prominent one that i've heard of. I
1: play like This of one out of the is insight. actually spelled B E L. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Zariel was once an angel, a solar more specifically, one of few archdevils who are are actually referred to as former angels in every single origin story. Oh nice. Zariel was an angel who was assigned to watching the blood war by the celestials who regardless of origins were very interested in making sure the devils and demons fought each other forever
0: yeah um that's so that's so underhanded yeah i mean like i get it but you know it's still just it 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 doesn't fit the squeaky clean thing yeah which i mean like i like that i think that's that's interesting but the idea is just kind of
1: it's kind of it is very interesting because it kind of I would say that there are multiple iterations of that. It's not just like, oh, it's really funny when the squeaky clean, clean guy gets his uh, hands dirty. It's also, I think, really interesting when a an otherwise horrible person has moments of compassion and genu- yeah. genuine kindness. Mm-hmm. Defo. It makes things more complex. Mm-hmm. Um, So, Zariel was corrupted by the plane of Bator, as well as a growing obsession with war corrupting her as well. Mm-hmm. She was frustrated that the powers that be on Celestia refused to battle, despite her certainty that the host of Celestia could wipe out both sides if they only would do it. She repeatedly asked to join the battle, denied each time, and so she decided to take up a mob of mortal followers and made her own attack. Oh, sweet. She cut through legions of devils and demons before she was overwhelmed by sheer numbers. After the battle, Asmodeus allowed her to recover, having found her unconscious atop a mountain of her dead foes. After she recovered, Asmodeus made her Lord of Avernus and his champion, leading the armies and guarding the only entrance to the rest of the Nine Hells. Dang. Like, I know that it's, like, the highest level, which I feel like,
0: you know, in, in, like like you said, it kind of translates to importance, but I feel like that's very interesting that that was, like... Kind of someone's entry, entry yeah. like someone's starting point in their, you know, like hellish career is like, hey, you're a fallen angel. Why don't you guard the entrance to my entire
2: realm? I mean, she wiped out legions of, of demons. demons and devils and pretty much just like passed out from exhaustion at that point Atop yeah. a mountain On of, her top of a mountain of her enemies so i can see why he decided to choose her to yeah, yeah. that's a very impressive resume <laughs> but also
1: like, and at this point like i there's some beautiful art behind it um she at this point she's kind of been physically corrupted in the manner that um that origin story from last time depicted uh Asmodeus being transformed. Oh, gotcha. So she kind of bears the... That, that
0: look of, like, evil
1: angel. Yeah. And it's a whole lot easier to... It's a whole lot easier to convince a lawful good person to come to the side of lawful evil than it is to, like, go to...
0: The diagonals. Yeah. Yeah. Than to, then to sway them to the, the chaotic evil.
1: And she's certainly not allowed back in Celestia. Yeah. I mean, not now. She, yeah, no,
0: not after she like kind of went and did their job for them.
1: So there's a whole bunch more and a lot of story with her general her and her general Belle. But suffice to say, there's a lot of bad blood and betrayal.
0: Yeah. Well, so was was Belle the the Lord of Avernus
1: at that point? Yes and no. It, it's. Oh, it's de- a whole it's, it's a whole debated. thing. OK, OK, because
0: I can imagine Asmodeus just like seeing this 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 person and being like. Yeah, you can you can you know run this one layer, and then Bell's just like on
1: the other like end of the table, like uh, excuse me, that's mine. Hello, I'm right here. So, um, at one point, Asmodius had made Tiamat the actual lord of Avernus, mm-hmm. but she didn't do a very good job, so yeah. she was reduced to guarding the gate.
0: Yeah, to she uh, she was she's she just spent too much time fucking, rev- yeah, just reveling in hedonism to actually do anything yeah why do why why is a lawful evil anyway i'm sorry go moving on
1: why is <laughs> the lawful evil up? god of chaos <sighs> anyway i'm not gonna get you <laughs> off because if we do we're not gonna have time
0: <laughs> yeah this this is not the this is not the episode for that
1: so dis was ruled over by dis vader uh he was an archdevil of extreme paranoia reclusive to his Iron Tower and employing spies and informants and in overseeing production of weapons for the devil hordes. Mood. He also deals in trading for souls and secrets.
0: Ooh, that's interesting. Very. Yeah, and it's, uh, well, every time I, I hear secrets in that kind of context, I'm just like, Vecna. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, other uh, notable archdevils of Dis include Dispader's consort and spymaster, Lilith, their daughter, Malak. I practiced this word, <laughs> Malachlabra, Malachlabra, and Despiter's most trusted advisor, Titivlus. Which, again, not going to get into it too much, but there's this really interesting theory in Morticinus' Tome of Foes that he is actually Despiter's either second form or that Titivlus. Has already disposed of Dispater and uh, is impersonating him.
0: Oh, like a like a sh- like a shadow broker situation. Yeah, well, precisely like that. Yeah. Sorry, spoilers from Mass Effect Two DLC. I mean, not really. <laughs> uh, all I really said is that it exists. But
1: so um, the next level is Minoris. and the Lord of Menoris is Mammon, the patron of greed.
0: That name also sounds familiar.
1: I, I think that's another. Want to say he's also a real life demon? Yeah. Devil. Whatever. Uh, he Okay, so he was literally and figuratively a two-faced, utterly selfish being. Mood. Literally everything has a price to him, and despite being the richest entity in all of the planes, he spends very little of it on maintaining his own domain. So much so that the sinking city, what the area is called, is constantly on the edge of collapse. Wow.
2: Nice. The, the
0: richest being in all the planes.
1: Yes, legitimately. Like the that that they
0: said that that's crazy. It said
1: perhaps, but you know what they mean. I
0: mean like yeah, he has a lot of money. Also, that doesn't remind me of anything in real life at all.
1: No. So <laughs> anyway. quick fun thing about the sinking city it has a soul marketplace for devils and fiends to trade souls.
0: No. Yeah no yeah
1: it functions just like a regular marketplace there are other types of stalls and stuff but it's a soul marketplace
2: (laughs) i would be pissed if i sold my soul to one demon and then like whenever i finally died it's like nope you're owned by this one now like what the fuck
0: like hi he sold you to this street vendor for one corn chip (laughs)
2: congrats (laughs)
1: that's how much you're worth
0: so now so now you live in this shitty like shanty in like a jar that's what that's all I can imagine they do with the souls is just like put them in jars.
1: I mean, I I've nothing to dispute that. What do you do with a soul? You turn it into whatever you want. More on that later. Oh,
2: okay. Consume them to get power.
1: Also that.
0: Oh, yeah, that's true. I yeah. I, I yeah. I guess you could do that too.
1: So, all of the previous archdevils had their that, that traditional humanoid with bat wings, cloven hooves and horns kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh but Mammon resembles a half-serpent, like a yonty, uh-huh. Uh with yellowed skin and bony spines, thin horns on his bald head, and a forked tongue.
2: Wait, doesn't he have two two-faces? Two faces, one head?
1: Oh, duh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay.
0: For some reason, I was imagining like a, a uh, two headed.
1: Oh, yeah. Like
0: that one guy from Star Wars.
1: Yeah. No, that would be cool too. Or like um, the. Uh, he the... also has two forms because he had an original form, but that's no yeah. different than everyone else.
0: And I mean, I feel like they're, they're arch devils. They can look however they want.
1: Again, yes and no. <laughs> That'll be discussed later. There's Damn a it. lot in this episode. Damn it. <laughs> so, uh, the most notable archdevil on Minoros, other than uh, Mammon, is Baal. B A E L. Who is Mammon's gr- great general of noted acclaim that he utterly relies on. Because Mammon won't lift a fucking finger to do anything other than obtain more riches. Dang. So he makes Baal do everything else, including guard his riches. So Baal probably likes
0: conjecture. Baal probably fucking hates him.
1: Bale isn't an, as ambitious as a lot of other devils are. He is perfectly content to rule over his armies. You know what? Good for him. I'm he, glad
2: He found the place where he was happy and then he's like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to stay here.
1: You know what?
0: Good for him. I'm glad that somebody found fulfillment in their work in the Nine Hells. Right. And they're not constantly trying to step on somebody else to... Or you know, like in the like with the sahuagin, fucking eat somebody else. To take yeah, the
1: exactly. So yeah, good for him. Good the, for Bale. The next layer is Phlegathos, and it's officially ruled by the Archdevil Fierna.
0: Officially, officially. Oh. She
1: rules in a sort of tandem with her father Belial.
0: Oh, Belial that's another real devil. Yes. yes, real, quote unquote.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I just I hear something that I
0: know anything about, and I get excited. No,
1: I mean I'm I'm really glad that you're actually pointing this out because I forgot to go through and point out which ones that I knew came from uh,
2: the the wor- like
1: real the world. Lyle
2: was the Lord of Lies. I think he he he
1: just
0: he was the one who destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, right? I don't know. He had mm-hmm. something. I think he. I want to say he had something to do with Sodom and Gomorrah. But I mostly just know these things because I play a lot of Shimigami Tensa. <laughs> gotta be honest.
1: So, Fierna and Belial are partners, rivals, and a kind of paradox in hell, which is built upon this hierarchies and no share of power. Yeah. Fierna is unbelievably charismatic on top of being, you know, a su- sexy archdevil lady. Mm-hmm. And she was brilliant at manipulating hearts and minds. Yeah. Belial, on the other hand, is a hardworking genius who is constantly doing the ins and outs of stuff. Mm-hmm. They seem to hate and admire each other, but they also re- and rely on and want to get rid of each other. So it's a constant ebb and flow of control for them. But it works. They get everything done.
0: So a father and a daughter having a complicated and somewhat unhealthy relationship. Groundbreaking. <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sure meanwhile
1: i'm over here like this is such an interesting thing i can't wait to talk about this no i mean it it, it is interesting
0: <laughs> i was jokes
1: no you're good. i was
0: i was jokes
1: so the fifth layer i see stygia is ruled by Levistus. Levistus is one of those stories that genuinely i want to tell you all of it but unfortunately due to the time restraints i can't Mm-hmm. So, for a quick rundown, he was an am- he was ambitious to the point of refusing to play by the rules, basically social suicide in devil Society. Yeah, because lawful. Yeah, you know, it, it is one of those things where if he's like on the scale of law and chaos, he's like in law but he's approaching chaos. Mm-hmm. So he ousted the previous lord, which is fine. This <laughs> is fine. And the two but the two fought and the two fought each other constantly for control. hmm But that wasn't enough. Levis just wanted more. In an attempt to overthrow Asmodeus, he also killed the king's consort.
0: Ooh, uh oh, spaghettios. Asmodeus
1: doesn't take kindly to being overthrown. He likes his consorts for various reasons, <laughs> but he especially does not like it when you violate the law.
2: <laughs> God. Was that a violation of the law? That was a violation of the law. That's like the whole like Morticia
0: Adams monologue where it's like, you killed my consort, you tried to overthrow me. All that I could forgive, but
1: breaking the law? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh God, Asmodeus is a fucking loser.
1: For breaking the law, he was made into an example. Asmodeus imprisoned him in an unbreakable iceberg. Where he could still issue commands from, but he couldn't scheme or attain freedom. Oh, God. He's in charge, but he's going nowhere. Oh, so he's
0: kind of like, it's not even like a figurehead, but it's like a, oh, fuck, that's good.
2: Yeah. He's just a talking iceberg.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's literally locked into his position forever. Oh, God. Figuratively and literally. Yeah. Also, Stygia
0: is where the god lives.
2: Nice. I suppose yeah. unless someone does actually overthrow Asmodeus, then they could probably summon yeah. the power enough to
1: well unlock him. A nodal, another notable Archdevil in this layer is Garion, who had previously fought levistus for control of Stygia. He was Damn the it. previous lord. Oh, rip. he can't exactly do that now that levistus is protected by impenetrable ice. Hmm. So he follows Lavistus's orders and seeks to oust him and. To do that, he has to get him out first. He's
0: just like standing on the outside of the iceberg and he just like puts up a middle finger. <laughs>
1: Probably.
2: All I can think of is the various scenes from Supernatural where they're trying to actually figure out how to get the devil out of the cage in hell. Yeah. And just like walking around it or pacing around trying to figure out what to do. I have seen one episode of Supernatural.
1: And it wasn't that one? And it was not that one. Um, Real quick, Garion has this cool... For the most part, they all have the a humanoid thing. <laughs> cool. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, it's so, on sorry. Garyon has this cool lower body of a serpent, but at the end of the tail is like a scorpion stinger. Ooh. Nice. Interesting. He he does look really cool. Um so the next layer is Mal Malbog. Yeah. Um I, I almost was like Malbolgé, but it, I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Malbog. Um, Mal and it's ruled by none other than the Princess of the Nine Hells as daughter, Glacia. Ooh, she has a long history of rebellious activities, especially when it came to her father. Oh boy, I was
2: gonna ask why she was so high up, but I mean, that probably explains it i mean yeah. her her daddy owns the company, that's why
0: she's <laughs> so high up, like,
2: you know.
1: Or did you mean high in the bad sense?
2: High in the bad sense. like It's
1: because, yeah, you, you figured it out. It's yeah. because she's a rebellion.
2: She's not of, like, the lower layers, levels. levels. Yeah. Where yeah. are we?
1: We're firmly in the middle.
0: Oh, okay, okay. For some reason, I thought we were, we were deeper than we were.
1: Nope. So it's the kind of thing
0: where, like, she has a job because Daddy owns the company, but she's not too high up because... Shady owns the company.
1: It's even more interesting than that, too. Oh shit! Um, so she bends laws, but she doesn't break them. Ooh, she loopholes. delights in shocking others and is basically as chaotic as you can get without actually being chaotic. Oh
0: man, that's fun!
1: Before she was Lord of Malibu, uh she ruled Hell's first organized crime syndicate. <laughs> Beautiful. She used her followers to purchase souls on her behalf using gold that she had transmuted from lead. When the spell ended, the unwitting soul merchants were left with useless coins. Oh
2: my God. Technically,
1: it was a loophole in the way that the law had been written. And Asmodeus couldn't punish her for breaking the law because it wasn't broken.
0: Asmodeus was like, damn it. Uh, I knew I shouldn't have paid her to, paid her way into law school. Damn
1: it. <laughs> Literally. Um, but basically the law stated that it was, that the currency is given its value when it's minted and that value is established then. doesn't oh. matter if it's made from something that's transmuted. Oh. But then when it transmuted back, this it's- is useless. No one's going to accept this.
2: It's no longer oh, minted man. at the value that it was because it's not <laughs> gold. Gold. Uh, I kind of, I kind of love her. <laughs> Me too, a little bit.
1: Um. So he couldn't punish her, but he decided, "I'm going to promote you to Lord of the Realm," tying her to a single layer of hell mm-hmm. and giving her responsibilities to keep her busy. Oh, can they not leave their layers? They can, but to do so would basically be abandoning your post. Oh, Which I'm going to
0: assume
1: gotcha. is against the law. Yes, um, and also,
0: like you said, responsibilities. Yeah. Oh, that's so hilarious.
1: on Malvolg, the prison layer, Glastia is both warden and prisoner.
0: Oh Jesus. that's oh oh, that's good themes. Oh, mm, themes, themes.
1: So the next layer down is um, Maladomini. I said it right. I practiced it. I said it right. Yeah.
0: Good job. Wait, uh, who do they put in prison in hell? Oh, people um, who break the law,
1: duh. Laws. <laughs> Moving on. And uh, Maladomini is ruled by Belzebul. Oh yeah, Lord of the Flies. Uh, he was called Lord of Lies first, and for good reason. Belzebul once ruled over Mount Mal- Maladomini as well as Malbolg. Ooh. Uh, in an attempt to overthrow Asmodeus. notice <laughs> how all of these say attempt uh, and paint him as incompetent. He altered documents. Breaking the law. hmm Asmodeus stripped Malbolg from his rule and cursed him so that every time he lied to a devil, he would turn into a slug for a year, including retroactively. <gasps> oh. Is he just a slug? It would take millennia to work that off. He literally just looks like a slug. Is he at least like a big slug? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a big slug. He's like... But he's
2: just a slug. As
1: far as
0: slugs go, he's an impressive specimen.
1: Yeah. But... A massive slug that attracts flies. (gasps) For this, people took the name Lord of Lies and made the nickname Lord of the Flies. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh. Mwah. 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 Chef's kisses. Now now you guys can see why I was so excited for all of this.
0: (laughs) Oh. So would you say that that encounter might have left him a little salty? looks into the camera
1: like I'm on the office. <laughs> yes, yes, he did.
0: That, see, at um, that point, that's just rubbing salt in the wound. This, that would have been a better joke. This is
1: actually rubbing salt in the wound. Uh, mm-hmm. He's also unable to strike deals without consequences for the other side. Uh, this is one of the punishments that Asmodeus gave him. Mm-hmm. So, because Asmodeus did this and also told everyone about it, no devil, devil will bargain with him. Oh, God. Ah, oh, man. So... The next layer below is the freezing cold layer of Cania, or Cania. Canada. Canada. Uh, (laughs) Canada is hell. This just in. I mean, I just said that because it's cold. Uh, Cania, who is, and the ruler of Cania is Mephistopheles, the lord of no mercy. (laughs) Oh. He was once a court magus in service of Asmodeus and seized rule of uh, Cania from Rimen, who has almost no information about him because he was in charge for such a short amount of time.
0: I, I, he, he was just there to be ousted. Pretty much. Like, they just created him to have someone oust him.
1: Uh, Mephistopheles will not <clears throat> did not de- ever take visitors and is the final protection between Asmodeus and the rest of the planes. Ooh. Uh, he allows nothing to distract him and devotes himself almost fully to his research, killing minions without a thought for simply suspecting them of annoying him.
0: suspecting them of annoying them of annoying him yeah I mean I've been pre-annoyed before but I've never killed someone over being pre-annoyed
1: uh this is kind of where the lord of no mercy comes from oh yeah uh so he his research is in new spells magical items that sort of thing uh he's obsessed with magical advancement fair he's also reliant on his servant hudagen uh to take all important information for him so that he would not be interrupted and also Sometimes to kill because he's so focused on something and someone dared to bother him.
0: He he can't even tear himself away for the second that it would take to just eldritch blast somebody into oblivion. Yeah.
1: So
2: like him killing these random minions just for annoying him isn't against the law. I had that thought.
1: Is no because they're below him. Um, I would say that a consort for the king is probably equal to a lord of a of a higher layer Um,
0: okay all right fair so it's like a it's like how it was a whole thing in like Hammurabi's code that it was like it was different for like a noble person to kill someone of lower stature than it was for or maybe the the idea is that Hammurabi's code didn't have that precedent that was there before but I know that there's been plenty of of social contracts that are to do basically with like if you took out the eye of like a, a you know a slave or something like that, you only had to, like, pay for it instead of, like...
1: Yeah, it's kind of like that. Basically, the people below you are completely uh, indispensable, but the people above you, you better have a damn good reason for doing yeah, anything.
2: Yeah, right. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay, I excuse
0: murder, but I draw the line at forging documents. <laughs> is how, Asmodeus. Is how Asmodeus feels about that.
1: Um. So, uh, Mephistopheles is also known to have at least one son with a mortal woman at least who was referred to interestingly enough as both a teethling and a cambian i mean
0: that's like a Sarek, a little bit like i think a Sarek is f- yeah f- formally a. don't ca- know I, I don't know yeah yeah basically there's just also that's the only th- that that distracted him from his research but not anything else listen if like he what it- tore him away from his research long enough to she fuck she was really hot
1: I mean, listen, I get it.
2: (laughs) Or maybe it was for magical advancement.
1: Maybe so. He did sacrifice the son, so it probably was. Oh. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. Okay. Probably, yeah. So, uh, can you imagine being that woman? (laughs) Probably wasn't very good. Anyway, moving on.
1: So, we're about to get to the final layer of hell. Yeah. But first, we're going to take it. No! Sorry.
0: Damn it. Damn it. This is my personal hell, this break.
1: Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to our second Devils episode. It's a... Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot, yeah. Just real quick, uh, we are still ha- have that affiliate partnership with Metallic Dice Games. They have lots of really cool dice and... Dice trays and... Uh,
2: dice bags and dice towers and...
1: So dice,
0: much stuff for gemstone your Gemstone dice. Ooh, oh, my yeah. God. I know. Oh,
1: the offer code is Dungeonpedia, and you get 10% off your entire order. Remember, if you harass Lewin, we can make her post that unboxing video. Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> yeah, we still need to Forget. harass her enough to do
1: that. It, by the time this airs, we might have harassed her enough, but like... Still harassing. Still harassing. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is one of those times that it's okay. Um, and that's at MetallicDiceGames.com, offer code Dungeonpedia. We
0: also have our Patreon at Dungeonpedia. Uh, We have a tier available where you can read our notes. So that way you can go back and look (laughs) (laughs) at the different types of devils if you forgot. Uh,
1: There are a lot. Because
0: it's been a little while and And there's a lot of different kinds. This
1: reminds me that I need to go post the devils um, uh, research notes in there.
0: Yeah. um, But yeah, if you want to consider contributing
2: to our Patreon, we would really appreciate it. Uh, We are still working on posting our actual play podcast, Projectile Dysfunction. Still working through that since everything started to calm down a bit. But uh, for any future updates there, you can go to our Twitter page, which is at ProjectileCast.
0: You can also follow us here at Dungeonpedia on Twitter and Instagram, at Dungeonpedia for updates to do with Dungeonpedia. (laughs) And also fun stuff those places would be where I post that unboxing video if I get bullied enough. So, there you go. And
1: those are also places where you can bully her to do it. Oh god. Ugh. That
0: too. Cyberbullying. Uh, you can also cyberbully me through our email at dungeonpedia.podcast at com. We accept uh, harassment as well as episode suggestions <laughs> and uh, like any comments or uh, questions or really anything.
2: Yeah. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get notifications of our episodes. And while you're there, if the platform allows it, rate us, give us a review. That helps out greatly. And also spreading the word, telling everyone that might be interested would be very helpful as well. We would
1: really appreciate it. Or
2: even if they're not interested.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the best way I annoy my friends. Just be that person.
0: Also, thank you to Alexander Nakarada for the use of our theme song,
2: Blacksmith. And uh, with that, let's get back to this delightfully devilish episode. (laughs) Nice. Thanks. All
0: right. The, the, not Nexus. Nessus?
1: Nessus, Nessus is
0: what it was called. I was like, it was something like Nexus.
1: On the final layer of hell, Nessus Asmodeus rules. As he rules everything, though, but he's also mostly in charge there. Yeah, it's, the the influence is the strongest there. So Asmodeus is really complex, and very interesting. Before I started on this infernal research, I had so little interest in him. That was changed drastically. He's his own episode in its own right, and honestly, props to all the writers who have made this guy intriguing to him.
0: I mean, I, I feel like Asmodeus could maybe even be a multi, like, you would want to do more than one part, oh, I would imagine.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um, So I covered a lot in the last episode, but Getting right down to it, Asmodeus wants to rule the cosmos. Okay. He genuinely believes that the universe would be better if he's in charge. Of course he does. Because he would rule it with an iron lawful fist, and he is opposed to... The the chaos, the entropy. Yeah, exactly. Everything else. Pretty much. I mean, and the thing is, is if you take Pact Primeval into account.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He is an evil man, yes, but he is not inherently opposed to good. He He's... just thinks that it in and of itself on on its own with no evil is dumb as shit and uh <laughs> I mean fair. And gets you nowhere. Yeah, I mean yeah,
0: I, I I get and that's the worst part about people like that is because like he legitimately believes that. Yes. Like he believes that that, you know, the universe would be better under his control, guided entirely by his principles. Like it's not even just like a, a cover that that he has because he wants to fuck shit up, which is how it is for some people. Like he legitimately believes that, and I say the worst thing. I find that really interesting, but it's also like you it know,
1: sucks because you can never convince these people to see the error of their ways. It, precisely, um, and that that's just it. Is like in part, it is genuinely like he is that committed and and stuff but there's also a lot of narcissism that kind of comes into play. Yeah, exactly. It's the whole thing like,
0: you know, he believes mm. that he's
1: the only person with enough charisma, strength, and insight to usher in this ideal future where law reigns supreme. Yeah. Which I mean, if we look at almost anything that D&D shows us, it's that all of the extremes are bad. Yeah, precisely. It, well, when you go far enough to the extreme rather. Yeah,
0: exactly. Because I mean like earlier we talked about and you know, you said that there were also kind of um variations of how this was being told. But you know, you had the Archons who were just kind of sitting on their hands. Yeah. You know, and, and Zarya was like, Hey, let's go take care of this and they were like, No, let's just let it happen. So, exactly. you know, they're they're sitting on their hands, which, you know, you could maybe interpret it as being because of the red tape. That is seems to be a theme for how the Archons do things. Anyway. No, ex- you're good. Extremes are bad.
1: <laughs> extremes are bad. And um, also,
0: here we have Asmodeus, who's a piece of shit. So. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, in his mind, Asmodeus has been chosen by the universe to protect it from annihilation. Um, funny enough, do you know what the um what Asmodeus is the god of? I do not. He's the god, the Faerunian deity of indulgence. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, as of the Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide, and he is the Faerûnian deity of indulgence. How? What is what what does uh Asmodeus indulge in? himself? Yeah. He is obsessed with himself. Waka waka. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, like I my... I was against it when I first read it, but I mean, it, yeah. It, it, it's his own thing, so.
0: No, and, like, I, I, I actually had that thought before you specifically, like, posited the question, what does yeah. he indulge in? I was like, he indulges in his own, like, self-importance.
1: He, like, this is taken directly from Mordecai Nen's Foes. He's perfectly capable, and if it, he were any less capable, his arrogance would have been led to his undoing long ago. This just perpetuates it in his head that, like, he thinks that he is... The chosen of the universe, yeah, so yeah, yeah. um, uh, you know what? That is basically the the thing that I wanted to get across about asmodius um is for as evil as he is and as twisted as he is at his core, he is someone who has a lot of arrogance and a lot of beliefs about how things should be done, yeah, I mean he's
0: he's principal. I'll give him that,
1: yes, um, I will say, um. I don't like something that was included about Asmodeus's, like, development, but I'm going to describe it anyways. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't recall if it was mentioned at any point before 5th edition, but in Mordekainen's Tome of Foes, one of a few potential origins has um, Asmodeus against the Angels of Celestia, and he goes... To court with them, oh God! Like in the last one, but the person who's in charge there is Primus, the leader of the Modrans, because what? he can be impartial.
2: Oh, okay, all right, makes sense. Yeah, um,
1: okay. And Primus basically says the angels are are wrong. You're not violating the law, but he did punish, or he didn't punish Asmodeus for his evil ways, but he did order Asmodeus to forever carry an. Artifact called the Ruby Rod that would guarantee his adherence to law.
0: <laughs> Asmodeus's Ruby Rod. Ah. <coughs> okay, sorry,
1: but I, I don't like that because I like the idea of Asmodeus yeah. being this principled yeah. guy who is also evil. I really don't. I just I,
2: like on his own will, he's lawful. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Because I mean that that to me is is more like. And not only compelling in general, like on a character level, but I feel like it makes more sense to me that the ruler of like the lawful evil plane, it like is that way at their core, Yeah. not that they are being made to be that way in some kind of way. Also, can I just say, Asmodeus, in the court of the angels being presided over by the leader of the Modrins. that is my personal hell. <laughs> that, like, that's all the lawful people all together <laughs> arguing. That's my personal hell. Yeah. Like, that is what hell will be for me when I die.
1: <laughs> so, because um, I'm going there probably, but that's all I want to talk about about Asmodeus in this episode. Okay, because again, it's not just about Asmodeus. Because
0: again, I mean, and like you said, Asmodeus could be his own episode. But, yeah. yeah, that Ruby
1: Rod's stupid, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, he The reason why he is so important to understand is that he basically started the Whole. rest of the, everything and established the hierarchy and everything. Uh, in several of his origins, it basically says that he started it from nothing. Um, and as I mentioned before the Bay to zoo specifically are deeply entrenched in that hierarchy. I want to talk a little bit about some of the alternative processes of promotion because only once are uh, devil's chosen by chance, which is when they start mm-hmm. after that, it's all broken down and seeing what they can, what they can handle. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So the promotion varies a lot. Um, zoo are, some zoo are thrown into a pit of flames, and um, their impurities are burned away for 1,001 days. And, Classic. Yeah.
0: Classic purification by fire. Love and it. And
1: this is only done to Gelyagons and Aranye, because they are the only ones who can survive that. Str-
0: struggles to remember which ones those were.
1: Uh, the two. <laughs> The really sexy ones are the Aranye, and the Galia Guns are the cold commanders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I,
0: I did remember those, because you mentioned them at the top of this episode. <laughs> uh,
1: that's how you get pit fiends. The other way to get a pit fiend is directly from Asmodius's blood. Oh, what? He can just create them.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's... That's... No, that's... That sounds like the easier way to no go. Bueno. But... Yeah,
1: I mean, if Asmodeus wants it, but yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like there
0: there also is maybe something to the to the effect of like, you know, having having someone who maybe had that experience in 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 life life. But you know, besides just like Asmodeus is like, oh, I want to make a new pit fiend, let me just prick my finger and then all of a sudden just sprouts fully formed from the drop of his blood kind of thing.
1: Pretty much, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Um so, um, just a couple of others, real quick, just to talk about their society, basically. So, um, a Spinagon is that really cool bat one from yes, last time. Yes,
0: I do remember those.
1: Um, and if you're chosen to become a Spinagon, you have to fight in a gladiatorial combat with others. Oh, God. And the winner is then carted off and the skin peeled off its body. Oh, God. And then it reveals a spinagon that has formed inside the wax-like shell. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Their
2: skin is just a wax-like shell?
1: Uh, At that point, yeah. That holds a spinagon within? Hmm. Okay. um, So, um... Abishai... There's a spinagon inside all of us. And... Abishai, that are selected to become Ernie, therefore taken from Tiamat, Mm -hmm. uh, must submit to... um, the Knoll of Blades, who rearranged the features of the feed to make it into um, basically another thing by uh, yeah, cool sword,
0: cool, uh, yeah. um, just a little uh, cool. All right, mm-hmm. gotcha. Also, the Abishai were the really cool, essentially devil dragons, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. Because like, I, like I know the whole promotion thing, but like, and the the whole ambition. But like, if I were an Abishai, I'd be like. I'm good.
1: That's actually what most Abishai are like. But the problem is you can't really turn down a promotion. Exactly.
0: But yeah, like, uh, uh, just for the record, if I was an Abishai, I would be like, I'm good. I'm a devil dragon. I'm good.
1: <laughs> um, There are other stories of being thrown into the river sticks and seeing if you managed to come out. <laughs> Stuff like that. Um, it's like the
0: whole, w- w- like, were they a witch? So you throw them, except this time they're like sad when you don't come back up. They're like, oh, she wasn't a witch. Damn." Damn.
1: So each day to zoo step has a lesson attached to it. Ooh. Um. So let me read those off real quick. And this comes from Planescape. It's uh, it's. I love I
0: love lessons. Yeah. I love when there's a a neat little bow you can put. Uh. There's a neat little lesson in the uh, episode of the children's show to tie it all together.
1: Well, I say each. um, Each of the ones that you actually have to try for. The first couple don't really have a lesson because you're just there. Um, So, the lesson of the Spinagon is to best succeed early and avoid the trouble of dealing with the in-betweens. Okay. The lesson of the Abishai... The, through determination and clever thinking, even early mistakes can be overcome. That's, that's nice. That's just good life advice. The twin lessons of the Barbazoo. Savage determination drives one quite efficiently, and it takes more skill than luck to survive. Uh, the lesson of the Kokkon. Take pains to induce in others respect for a being of obvious skill. The lesson of the Aranier, Cunning and creative thinking earn great rewards. The lesson of the Oceloth: learn to love and uphold the law. Boo.
0: <laughs> like, I was I was pretty with it, but that one's boring.
1: The lesson of the Hamatsula: loyalty and service earn many p- privileges. The lesson of the Cornagon, command is another form of service, and service leads to greater command. Ooh. The lesson of the Omnizu, no matter how high you rise, there's always someone or something higher. The lesson of the Geligan: A thing coveted is worth the wait. The lesson of the Pit Fiend is power clarifies, and absolute power clarifies absolutely. And that's it. Pieces of life. There is okay. There's only passion. Um, it basically boils down into how to be a devil. Um, and that's pretty much their society. That
0: that some of those were very uh, evocative. Yeah. I really liked the one about command as, as a type of service. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah. It 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 do be that way. It do be that way. It do be that way, <laughs> be that way sometimes.
1: Um, so other non to sue real quick. Um, oh, man, those t- got
0: me. I don't know why those got me.
1: I'm glad. I was hoping like, I for kinda, that kind of uh,
0: I kind of got chills a little bit. Like, I'm not a lawful evil person, but I kind of got chills a little bit. Like, some of those I was like, man... Makes you think, man, someone would tattoo that on their body.
1: <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so, uh, the non beta dev- devils typically come from like souls that are sold to various people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it includes imps who were basically devilish familiars. Oh, that's cute. Hellcats who served as kind of a work animal and hunters, mm-hmm. and chain devils who were torturers who were created specifically from expired soul contracts.
2: Oh, wow. That's interesting. How does a soul contract expire?
1: Well, basically, you get to the point where you have to pay up your soul now. Okay. Yeah.
2: Okay, I was like, how does it expire? Because someone's going to die eventually.
1: Yeah. And this basically just defines... It, it basically tells you all about a l- little bit about how the society is run because I didn't have time to go into all the ins and outs. Like, mm-hmm. for hobbies, it lists sex because that they don't reproduce sexually, but they like it.
0: Wait, does it actually?
1: Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and we already know well enough about their hierarchy and the yeah. fact that their economy is based primarily in souls and gold. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Like... That, like, you're, you're devils. Why do you care about gold? It
0: pretty. And, and, you know what? Good point.
1: And, to be fair, almost every other being in the universe uh, craves it, so if you have it, you can get something from them.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, fair. Even if it doesn't necessarily mean anything to you. I
2: mean, for them, it means getting souls.
1: Yeah. yeah. But that's it. I mean, again, this is all leading up to Probably the last couple of episodes will be about the blood war, mm-hmm. which is the fight between devils and demons.
2: That just sounds really fucking cool. Yeah.
1: But for now, that uh, that's it for devils. We'll revisit them in the future when we get to the blood war.
0: Yeah. Man. Ah, oh, man. I, I got to be honest. I did not like, OK, the I don't mean this bad um, because, I mean, I find everything interesting. But I did not necessarily expect to find the lawful evil setup to be as interesting as it is.
1: I personally find it more interesting than law than the lawful good setup. Yeah, because it's like hall monitors. Okay. But I I don't hate Lawful Good, especially after doing the episode on Lawful Good. Yeah. The Lawful Good creatures specifically. But um it it was really interesting. And I want to keep going into a lot of stuff. Yeah,
0: I, I think I think the idea of hell being a bureaucracy is hilarious to me. Oh, yeah. Because it's like, you know, it's hell. And, and again, because I think what I mentioned uh, last time about how I think for a lot of people, there's this kind of intrinsic association between chaos and evil mm-hmm. and between good and law that, you know, our society kind of like that's i feel like that's how it's presented yeah for a lot of people in modern society so i think that to to you know have the the very strong you know lawful like it's lawful and it's evil you know together you know so like they and they stuck to it so much i think that makes it really interesting to me yeah no, because it's like it's hell but it's a bureaucracy it's not just like Fire and Brimstone chaos, you know, little, right. little devils floating or like flying around and poking people with pitchforks, you know, like it's a whole, it's a whole thing. I love whole things.
1: And I will say, having <laughs> peeked already ahead at um, the work that I'll have to do for demons, mm-hmm. it's, oh God. even the way it's written is demons are so much more chaotic. I'm really excited for you guys we to see the differences. We haven't even covered demons. Fuck.
0: There's so much, so much evil, so much evil in the world.
1: Truly. Really. <sighs> thank you guys so much for listening. Um, don't forget to follow us on our various social media platforms, all at Dungeonpedia. Yeah, thank you for taking this trip to hell with us.
2: <laughs> Where we will probably remain for a while.
1: Well, no, we're going to go to the abyss next. Oh. It's very different.
0: It's just another bad downward place.
2: Or is it upward?
1: Hmm. Um, if you have anything you would like to suggest as a topic for us to cover, feel free to email us at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com
2: Don't forget to spread the word to your friends
1: We we would really appreciate it Family,
2: you know,
0: tell you t- Tell your friends who want to know about the difference between devils and demons. Yeah, because
2: <laughs> it's very very important. And uh, thank you all once again for listening and we will catch you here next week on Dungeonpedia So
0: is it up or down
2: the abyss down up all around us oh fuck it's me